you have to believe it in order to see it. You have to believe it in order to see it. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Gives us assurance about things we cannot see. How many people have used this phrase? How many of you have used this phrase, I'll believe it when I see it? Yeah? But actually the scriptures, God teaches us something different. You'll see it when you believe it. In the 1960s, the Russians were the first people to send people up to orbit, uh, to orbit space. And uh, a cosmonaut went up. And uh, when he came back, after circling, uh, circling the earth, I was about to say circling the universe, so he might not be back yet if that was the case. But after he had circled the earth, this was the interview that he gave. He said this, While I was up there, I searched the heavens, and I looked for God. And I did not see him anywhere. Therefore, there is no God. The communists, who were an atheist uh, uh, party at that time in Russia, then came out on the back of that and said, we now have scientific proof that there is no God. A few months later, the Americans sent up a cosmonaut. And uh, as the Americans are wont to do, he didn't just circle the earth once, he circled the earth three times in the Gemini, and he came back and was interviewed, and this is what he said, I saw God everywhere. I saw His glory in the galaxy. I saw His splendor in the universe. I saw His majesty in the stars. Which one was right? Both of them. Both of them. Depending on what you believe. We have to believe it before we will see it. We have to believe it before we will see it. A guy, Werner van Braun, who was the father of the nuclear, uh, nuclear movement, said this, there has never been any great accomplishment uh, in history without faith. It is faith that causes an architect to design a building because first he believes it can be done. It is faith that causes an Olympic athlete to practice and go to the Olympic trials because she believes she can achieve. It is faith that causes a sculptor or an artist to believe that he can paint a picture or attempt the sculpture. It is faith that causes the scientist to believe that we can put a man on the moon. Someone has to believe it before you see it. It is a universal principle in life. What do you see? What are you believing for? I spoke this time last year and built the series around two phrases. And this year, we're not going to be building around these two phrases, but I want to remind us of them as a community. Vision will get us inspired, but it is discipline that will take us there. Those that have been around for a bit longer, I'm not wanting to exclude those that have been here in the past year, but vision will get us inspired and discipline will take us there and our future is determined by the decisions that we make today. Our future is determined by the decisions that we make today. Not sure about you, but I lost a bit of weight during the fast. Uh, My body does that. I, I feel like come lunchtime on the first day, I was eating myself from the inside. And uh, maybe some of you 
uh, desired that, uh, or maybe some of you experienced that. I, I don't know what, your, what, what you thought about that. I, I know some people, uh, like my friend Ryan here, he, he, he likes to lose a bit of weight. He needs to lose a bit of weight. And, um, and, and I, mean, I meant he likes to lose a bit of weight. That's what I meant. Uh, but the problem is after three days, all you're craving is those caramel Swiss rolls from Woolworths. I mean, that's the truth, right? Those caramel, whatever your caramel Swiss roll is, that, that's, that was my craving, that was Jax's craving. Actually, I wasn't craving it until Jax put it in my head. Somebody, somebody has to believe it before we see it, and she believed it first. And suddenly you put on all the weight that you lost. What do we believe? What are we believing? The decisions that we make today are the decisions that will determine the future that we take hold of. And the future that we take hold of is determined by what we truly believe. This month, I'm hoping that as we keep gathering as a community, we'll be able to believe some deep things together. And as we believe things, we'll be able to see some things. And as we see some things, we'll be able to shape our behaviors today the discipline, the decisions that we make today in order to be able to take hold of what we see, which is determined by what we truly believe. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. This is, this is just a text that I'm certainly going to build around for today. Uh, whether it becomes the text for the next couple of weeks, I'm not sure. But the, for today, this is the text. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. A good community leaves an inheritance to their children's children. Anthem, would we, would we take hold of the scriptures which talks about multi-generational blessing, being communities that keep passing on, telling the goodness of God, where we keep investing ourselves all of our resources, all of ourselves, our teaching, training children in the way they should go, would we keep investing in the generations to come in order that there will be an inheritance that's passed on, in order that there will be a legacy which is established? You see, when we start talking about an inheritance for our children's children, if we believe that is something that we should be doing, then it alters how we behave today. It alters how we spend that money it alters whether we should buy those caramel treats. I want to make sure that my life is lived in such a way that there is an inheritance for my children's children. That my children's children, when I have passed on and they no longer, my name is not an everyday conversation, but they walk around a facility and they say, who actually blessed us with this? Actually, your grandfather or great-grandfather was a part of that community that left a legacy. That's the invitation. That's the story that Jesus invites us to be a part of and actually encourages us to be a part of because he's a father of multi-generations. He didn't come just to bless Adam and Eve and then leave us to our own devices. He didn't come just to bless Abraham or David 
Uh, he, did, he came to bless the nations for all of history. And as we take hold of legacy, as we start to see the children's inheritance, or uh, the children's children inheritance, it determines what our life goals and our vision and our legacy should be. It keeps that front and center for us. When we weigh what we want now against what we really want later, we realize how temporary satisfaction pales in comparison to a legacy of purpose and generational fulfillment. Jesus, our prayer as a community is every morning as we wake up, as we receive your mercy for this day, would you remind us that there is great purpose to our lives. There is generational legacy. May we not make selfish decisions day in and day out. Would we make selfless decisions for future generations? May we make decisions that put seed into the ground that 20, 30, 50 years from now would be trees that Zacchaeus could climb to encounter Jesus Christ. Friends, legacy can be defined as something handed down from one generation to the next. And so, kind of just three quick things. Uh, legacy is not just financial. So often what we do today is we appropriate it to be financial. That is part of it, absolutely. And, uh, and part of September, uh, we're going to be teaching around what financial stewardship looks like. It's our one time a year that we, we teach on it. But, uh, but it's not only that. And I want to keep reminding us that it is not only that. You see, a believer's legacy is their testimony that has been passed down to the next generation. What do, what do the next generation think of us? What do the next generation think of us? It is the emotions that people feel when they hear your name. Will people, when we're all gone, be thankful that we were a part of Anthem in 2022? Will people appreciate the decisions that we made? And it's the encouragement they receive as they remember our example. It's the testimony that has been passed down. It's the emotions that they feel when they hear our name. And it's the encouragement that they receive during, uh, as they remember our example. We're on a journey and uh, I want to remind us of that journey. And, and I want you that have been here for the last four or five years not to switch off now. Can you allow the Spirit of God, as we would read the Scriptures uh, time and time again, would we allow them to refresh us even as I read a verse that many of you have become familiar with? But I want us all to be on the same page as we kick off Legacy Month. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 5. This is the, a word that I felt God put in me. I've lost track of time. I'd have to go back into my devotional books, and I, and I didn't do that before the message today. But he put it into me years ago, and I sat with it for a long time before I found the courage to bring it to the elders. And then the elders sat with it for about 18 months before we brought it to the church. And it's now been three years, four years, since we've been living in this space. But it was this word that God spoke to me and has subsequently been owned by us as Anthem. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
And so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Imagine going on an adventure at 75 years of age. There's new adventures for the great head amongst us. New adventures. I'm joining you fast. He took his wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So often a forgotten little piece of Scripture. I love those words. They set out, and they arrived. So often today, people set out and never arrive. The story of humanity. There's just ten things I want to emphasize on this. And these are just words, okay? So it's not, the, it's not the crux of my message, but I would love for you, if you've got something to write down with, uh, maybe we'll get them into your hands this week. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's, it's always good to come with something to write. So you've, got, you've all got phones or something. And just see how the Spirit of God leads you in this time. In this text, 10 things. Abraham went from, go from. First thing is, go from. Where are you going from? Second thing, to a land I will show you. Third, I will make you, God says. Fourth, I will bless you, God says. Fifth, you will be blessed. People will be blessed through you. Sixth, Abraham went. There was obedience. Seven, Lot went with. People went with. Number eight, he took his possessions with. All of them left. All of them. He didn't leave a foot. We're going to spend some time on that. People went, number 10, and they arrived. And they arrived. We're going to spend today just on dealing with some possessions. And they took all their possessions with. What does that mean for us in this season? As we process this amazing facility, which for 51 years has blessed Durban North, has blessed this city, I'm so thankful for the generations, two generations ago, that, were, that responded to a word of God, the same kind of word that we're responding to now in this season. And they bought this land and they built this facility. So for 51 years, when I was four years old, my folks got saved and came into this church. My mom now sitting here in the front row came into this church. This was a tree that I was able to come to Week in and week out. And I climbed that tree and I climbed that tree and I climbed that tree as a kid and I encountered Jesus and got baptized in this community on the 15th of September, 1991. I remember it was a marking day for me. 12 years old. Don't do the math of how old I am. This has been an amazing vehicle. And God has now called us to do the same thing for another 50 years. That's a thumb suck, not a word. But there's this faith that rises up in us for the sake of generations to come. And as we get older, we don't so much like going on adventures. But the Spirit of God is in us. Why do you think it was uh, Caleb and Joshua that God released? It was the old guys that God put out at the front of Israel taking the new land. 85 years of age, I'm as vigorous as I was 40 years ago. Give me that land. Older people, 
We need to be leading the way in this for the younger guys, not tagging in the younger guys' shadows. Let's show them what it means to carry on following God. I'm reminded day in and day out by my children that I'm now old. Christian financial expert Howard Dayton has said that the Bible references money and possessions 2,350 times. That's a lot. It's far more than Jesus ever spoke about love or heaven or hell all combined. See, God knew something about possessions and legacy. God knew something about human hearts. God knew something about we would, what we would wonder, W-A-N-D-E-R. We would wonder about when it came to our money. It's the thing that would, would grip our hearts the most. And so God repeatedly in the Scriptures spoke around money and possessions and money and possessions more than. Like all of us knows that God teaches about love and teaches about heaven and teaches about hell. But all that combined is not as much as money and possessions. God knew we would need lots of direction and clarity on the whole money and stuff issue. He knows us so well. We're not going to go through all 2,350 verses in the next four weeks. But they are there. We'll just pick a couple and we'll allow the Spirit of God just to help shape our beliefs. Because as He shapes our beliefs, we believe it before we see it. And then we see it. And then we start determining our actions which help us move towards it. Just a statement to throw out there at the, for legacy. You make a living by what you get, but you leave a legacy by what you give. Most of us in this room have the privilege of making a living. All of us have the opportunity to leave a legacy. All of us have the opportunity to give. Possessions and finances, yes. But ourselves, our wisdom, our experience... Our time. Legacy. Let's just talk around vision for a little bit. Could we tell it like it could be? I'm captivated by the power of words. Jesus speaks and creation comes into being. Can you, can you imagine? Have you, have you ever stopped to try and like, imagine that creative moment in Genesis chapter 1? It's like... Let there be light. Suddenly there's light. Let the waters of the heavens be separated from the waters of the earth. Let the land be separated. Like, just, have you, have you ever stopped to try and think? Like, try and put that into a movie. Like, how does that take place? Like, a person just speaks. And the creative power in those words and then it comes into what we read in the stories in the New Testament of Jesus. And he says, what, what do you want? What do you want? I, I, I want to see. See. And eyes open. What, what, what do you want? I, I want to be healed. Be healed. Pick up your mat and go. Like, I, I, I don't know if you, if you ever kind of truly grasped the power 
of Jesus' words as he stands in the authority. Yes, as one of the Trinity, as God, but in the authority of drawing from heaven. And then as one of his parting shots to us is, you will do these things and even more. You will do these things. Do we believe rightly, friends? Do we believe that there is power in our words? Do you know, Dad, that when you speak over your child in a negative way, he carries that wound for the rest of his days until he processes it with Jesus? Do you know, Mom, that a cutting word can do the same? There is power in words. There is power in words. There is power in how we talk to one another. There is power in how we love one another and how we encourage one another in how we keep quiet. There is power, friends. Tell it like it could be. If you're going to become a man or a woman of faith, we have to change the way we talk. You have to announce it in order to experience it. Can you imagine being Abram? Abram, who became Abraham, God says to him, I'm going to change your name. And by the way, I I know you're 99 years old, but I'm going to change your name to Abraham, which means father of the nations, and I know you're going to be ridiculed for not having a child. Can you imagine what Abraham went through? Imagine going into community and and, and saying, what's your name? And he says, my name is Abraham, father of the nations. Oh, really? But you don't have a kid. That's a bit silly. Has God neglected you? Has God let you down? Anthem, what's your next season? Oh, no, no, we're gonna, we've just bought a, a big piece of land, and we're going to put up this building, which is going to serve as a tool to reach the city. Oh, really? Where are you going to get the money from? I have no idea. Us. Us. When we believe it, we start to see it. Our language starts to change. You see, God says that we don't live in a world of human reality. We live in a world of spiritual reality. And so we see it not as it is, but as it can be, as it should be, as God wants it to be. Romans 4.17 says this, It says, God speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. So when God's given a word, we've got to understand that it is already done as we walk into it. Abraham was asked to walk through the length and the breadth of all what has become known as Israel. That's a lot of walking he had to do. He has a lot of walking. And in Joshua chapter 1, we see Israel finally taking the land that God showed Abraham. So God says, arise and go to a land I'll show you. Abraham gets up. And he says, no, 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 take all the people with you. Okay, come, people, let's go. And all your possessions. All right, some of you may have to sell homes and relocate. That's not a hypothetical word. Take all your possessions, and we go walking. And we go walking. And Abraham got to see it, but only later did Israel be able to inhabit 
the whole deal. I'm so grateful that Abraham responded to God's word and didn't only think of himself, but thought of the legacy of generations to come. He says this in Joshua chapter 1, every place you put your feet, you will be given. Friends, statement for us to take hold of. Often, what we see is limited by our willingness to walk. What we see is limited by our willingness to walk. I've been spending a lot more time walking lately, deliberately, physically walking. Spending a lot more time. And I'm going to different parts of the city, and I'm walking, and this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing racial division. I'm seeing economic division. I'm seeing educational division. I'm seeing cultural division. I'm seeing marital division. I'm seeing sexual division. I'm seeing gender division. I'm seeing foreigner exclusion. And then I read the words of God, and He says this, I have given you the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You have become ministers of reconciliation. There is a different story for my people. And so as I walk, as I speak these words, what I see in the natural, I have to allow the spiritual to start to reorientate, to deeply start affecting my beliefs. And this is what I start to see as I see Jesus working in and amongst us. I start to see racial harmony. I start to see the rich sharing with the poor. I start to see the, the educated teaching the uneducated. I start to see cultural appreciation. I start to see family being restored as the foundation piece of community. I start to see sexual purity. I start to see gender respect. I start to see foreigner inclusion. And I say, God, that's what I want to see happen. And as I start to believe it, as I start to believe that God truly has put the ministry of reconciliation in me, that God has truly said it is better, Jesus says it is better that I should go and that another should come, the Spirit of God, and you will do these things. I start to believe deeply that I am a minister of reconciliation. And therefore, when I come to somebody that is culturally different to me, I start to look for cultural harmony and cultural appreciation. And when someone is different race to me, I start to appreciate and bring unity. And when someone is differently educated to me, I start to engage in conversation and we start to share each other's stories. And when somebody has a different gender to me, it is not about male over female. It's not about that. And when somebody comes to me, uh, you get it. I was about to go down somewhere. Will you allow yourself to see a church? As we walked on the land on Wednesday night, I had five or six people come to me after that evening, on both Wednesday night and then on Thursday, get hold of me. And they said this, I felt peace. I felt safe. I didn't fear it is so spacious. These are kingdom words. These are kingdom words. And so friends that didn't get onto the land, one, we own it. So you can go there. You don't have to get permission. You can just say, I'm from Anthem. I own this. So you can go and stand on the land. But I want to tell you, friends, until you start walking, what you can see is limited by your willingness to walk. Those that were willing to walk on Wednesday are able to, that's not a criticism, so don't take it that way, but those that were able to get onto the land, suddenly they've been taken a step forward in what they see because they've experienced the peace. They've experienced the safety. They've experienced the spaciousness. They've experienced the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, I've got it for you. 
I've got it for you, and I've got it for multi-generations to come. Will you just come and walk? Will you believe so that you can start to see something? I love the fact I heard a story this morning over coffee. A lady who fasted and prayed, and it's the first time she's done a three-day fast. And uh, she went through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. She went for a walk, and obviously just feeling just so in union with God, she bumped into somebody on her walk. And somehow the conversation got to God, and, and she said, have you ever been baptized? Have you met the Holy Spirit? And the person said, no, I've heard about the Holy Spirit, but I've never met them. Can I pray for you right on the side of the road, in the dark, 5 a.m. in the morning? She's busy praying for somebody. The Spirit of God comes upon this lady. She starts to, she starts to speak in tongues. They exchange numbers, and later that day, this lady texts our lady and says, my day started great, and it only got better. I say, this is the kingdom of God. I believe it. And therefore, I see it. And when I see it, I start to take steps towards it. I start to direct, direct my life. I start to take the decisions that lead me in this direction. I love that testimony. Are we beginning to see it? It determines when we a good person, a good community leaves an inheritance for their children's children. There's legacy. There's vision. What do we see? But then there's practical goals. How do we get there? I love this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That word grows means this. It means to add substance to a thing. It's maturity. It adds substance to a thing. It's developmental milestones. It's functional maturity. So what it means is this, that as, when a baby is born, we keep taking it to the doctor to make sure it hits its developmental milestones because it needs an intervention if it doesn't hit developmental milestones. But how often as the church do we go to our doctor? Do we just say, Jesus, would you just check our developmental milestones? that we're growing in maturity. You see, we love the idea of the blessings of God. We love the idea of His kingdom here on earth. We love the idea of family wholeness and unity. We love the idea of marriage intimacy and strength. We love the idea of being generous. We love the idea of adding substance to our faith. But here's the rider. We don't necessarily love to practice or follow the discipline of growing. Like a baby who gets to its feet and wobbles for that first time and then falls over. How many parents have experienced that baby and you're just worried about the, the, the coffee table or dining room table that as your kid climbs up on the leg and then stands and then falls and hits their head. And as we feared for our babies doing that, so in the spiritual we fear the wobble as we take a new step, the 10% further that John encouraged us to do last week. We sometimes fear that we may hit our heads, that we may fall down, that we may be bruised. But that's what growing and maturity looks like. And so God's calling us to keep moving forward. See, here's the deal. Progress is only made when we go through the process. Progress is only made when we go through the process. You see, we are far more obligated to the kingdom 
than we are to our blackness or our whiteness or our Indianness or our education status or to our economic status or to our foreigner or local status. We are far more obligated to the kingdom of God than any of those things. Proverbs 22 verse 1 reminds us a good name is to be more desired than great riches. Two things. How do we steward this? See, how we steward Anthem in this season, we're all a part of it, is important, friends. Just two things for today. Can we let God lead you in what to love? Can we let God lead you in what to love? There's only one thing that lasts forever. The church. The bride of Christ. Your job will end. Your home will come to nothing. Your sports will end. Your passions on earth will end. But the church never ends. The church never ends. I want to make sure that I'm investing the best part of me and my possessions into the thing that will never end. And I want to urge you with everything within me to do likewise. I'm not saying that you can't spend some money on your house. I'm not saying that you, please don't hear me incorrectly. But can we allow God to show us, to lead us, in what we love. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 uh, is the, are these words, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. See, it's not just enough to love God, friends. We have to love His church. We have to love His bride. See, what growing up means is that the words of I love God but His church not so much that's an immature, it's an immature status, being, thing. Maturity, we grow up, means actually we grow to love the bride, the brokenness, the pain, the relational conflict, the testimonies of praying for someone on the side of a road in the dark that they've just met for the Spirit of God to come upon them. Man, that inspires me. The good, the bad, the ugly. We love the bride. Why? Because Jesus gave himself for the bride. We don't get to say we love Jesus and not his bride because Jesus goes, no, there's none of that happening here. Thank you. So will we let God lead us in what we love? And secondly, oh, no, let me, just this statement. Do you love the church or do you just use the church? See, we must learn to love every believer in the body of Christ. Secondly, can we let God tell us what to give in this season? You see, we can give by reason or we can give by revelation. We can give by reason or we can give by revelation. And if we are becoming a people of faith, we have to learn to give by revelation. Why? Because when we give by reason, we say, this is what I can reasonably give. It doesn't require faith. 
And so a faith person, like Abraham, take all your possessions. Take all your people. Does that mean we have to sell a building that's 51 years old that is blessed? Yes, at this point in time, that's what it means. Take all your possessions. I'm relocating you. You can't have one foot in your past and one foot in your future. You have to let go because the future is better. Whoever claps, clap louder. Too many of us want to just keep, it's secure, it's nice, it's lovely, it's been good. Yes, it's been good because God is good. But God is also good there, and we want to go, and we want to go, and we want to keep walking. Can you imagine, just take for a moment, Abraham, his father, uh, Terah, uh, settled in the ear of the Chaldeans, and that became their home. He grew up there. He knew it. It was safe. He had become wealthy there. There were possessions. There were people. That was a good place for Abraham. And then God says, all right, round it up. Time to go. To where? I'll show you. You just keep walking. And Abraham does it and arrives. This is what God's inviting us into. You see, when we give by revelation, we say, God, what do you want to give through me? How much do you want me to trust you for in this particular instance? Proverbs 3 verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth. I've just been struck this week as I've been meditating on it. Actually, not even this week, yesterday. What will be bound on earth will be bound in heaven, and what will be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. I was praying yesterday morning, and I was just saying, God, can you loose the finances? As we go into legacy, can you loose the finances from heaven? And I felt God say, you loose the finances. I said, no, 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 God, you didn't hear me. <laughs> you lose the finances. And I, and I felt him say, you lose the finances. What will be loosed when you, what is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so just a little practical thing. So somebody phoned me on Friday, long story short, and I, I, I was prepared for the church corporate funding to pay for something that they needed. But the timing, practically, it wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to get Fridays our day off. I wasn't, they needed it done. And so I just paid out of my personal account. And, uh, and it was a significant amount of money. And I wrote it on my diary, just hey, on Monday, sort it out with Gert and just get a refund. And that was Friday. Saturday, I felt God say, hey, you lose the finances. So that little reminder for Monday has been taken out. As I'm now trusting God to lose the finances in heaven for us personally. So that we can lose more for anthem. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. If we bind up our resources, it will be bound up in heaven. If we loose our resources, it will be loosed in heaven. What are we going to lose this September and beyond? What are we going to lose? Our love. Our possessions. Our time. Our love for the church. Can you imagine we lose our love for the church? Then watch us walk in the blessing of God as He looses it from heaven. Friends, we have to believe it before we can see it. Vision will get us inspired. Discipline will take us there. Our future is determined by the decisions that we make today. Let us take hold of God, friends.
let us take hold of God as we go into legacy. Let us allow God to shape what we love, to lead us in what we love, the church. And let us allow God to tell us how much to give, that we would give by revelation, not by reason. I'm so, I, I genuinely am excited for this month. I feel like, like God is doing something. I, I prayed this morning. I'm closing out with this. As we enter spring in the natural rhythms, could we, could we allow God to call it out in the spiritual for us? That there's a depositing of a seed for a new season. And I felt these words, and I want to prophesy it over us. So maybe we can just close our eyes. I want to prophesy this over us. Winter is over. Winter is over. It is a new season. It is a new season. The trauma, the pain, the darkness, the brokenness, the hiddenness of the past couple of years for all churches, but including Anthem, is over. It is a time to put seed in the ground for a future harvest. Would we by faith believe God that he has called us? By faith, Abraham believed God. Would we, like Abraham, believe God that we would start to see things? Would our sight not be limited by our unwillingness to walk? Would we walk? And as we walk in the spiritual, will we see greater things because our belief system tells us that we can see those things? And as we see those things, would we order our lives in such a way that we would love the church, the only thing that is eternal from this earth? Because God is even going to recreate the heavens and the earth. But His church arises for all eternity. Would our love and our affection and our devotion, yes, all be towards Jesus, but next in line would it be the church? Would we give the best of everything to God and the best of everything to Jesus' bride? Would we sow seed in the ground for generations, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, to say, I'm so thankful for the people that were in this room, 4th of September 2022, that responded to the Word of God, responded to the call of a community, responded by faith. And they picked up their possessions, and they picked up their people, and they started walking. And one day, we will get to hear the words from God, you have arrived. Spirit of God, would you stir us? Spirit of God, would you put courage in us? Spirit of God, would you put faith in us? Spirit of God, would we establish the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven as we go? This Legacy Month, we pray that you would loose the heavens. Loose the heavens of your resources as we loose them here on earth. Spirit of God, I believe, help me in my unbelief. I believe, help me in my unbelief. Spirit of God, would you help me to loose the chains over my finances here on earth? Not because we're building our own empire, but because we are responding to your call, God. Because we are responding to the generations to come. 
Would you loose us of the grip of the temporary here on earth? Release us, God. Loose the grip of the temporariness of this earth. And put in us an eternal heart that beats for your glory and for your bride. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.